Welcome to another special episode of Business Wise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian philosopher and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. In this podcast series, I've mentioned time to time some of Mr. Hubbard's basic books. Anyone walking into a bookstore of Mr. Hubbard's works is going to be stunned at his productivity and, frankly, almost overwhelmed by the hundreds of books and over 3,000 recorded lectures that he did on the mind, spirit, life, and, as pertains to this podcast series in particular, administration. It's truly unbelievable and an extreme understatement to say an unprecedented achievement when it comes to the isolation and organization of workable truths for the ultimate benefit of mankind. At any rate, I've mentioned the book, uh, Problems of Work, uh, The Fundamentals of Thought also, and I believe Dynetics, the original thesis. Any one of these books has an excellent start in one's exploration of these truths, and a sound understanding of them is only going to help you achieve a more thorough and conceptual understanding of Mr. Hubbard's research and writings on the subject of administration. But today I wanted to start this podcast with a quote from another fundamental basic book, which would make an excellent volume to study, perhaps after reading any or all of these earlier referenced works. Now, this book is entitled Handbook for Preclears and was originally published in 1951 and is readily available from Bridge Publications, which is Mr. Hubbard's publisher, or you can also write us here at info at wiseeastus.org or talk it over with any wise member that can probably help you get a copy. As defined in an earlier episode, a simple definition for preclear is, from Mr. Hubbard in an article dated 21 August 1963, preclear is one who is discovering things about himself and who is becoming clearer. So this handbook uh, I mentioned features drills and procedures one can follow to become, quote, clearer, end quote. And I think you can work out what being clear would be like for yourself. Uh, for anyone, there are probably aspects of ourselves or life and livingness that are a little murky and could stand to be, let us say, more clear. But Mr. Hubbard offers a particular datum in this book as part of a description of an ideal state of being, which has high relevance to persons of action and the effective entrepreneur. And this is as follows. And again, this is from the book Handbook for Preclears. Mr. Hubbard says, the first item in the ideal state is I am. Shakespeare was quite correct with his question, to be or not to be. When a man is trying to make a decision, that decision breaks down into a matter of choosing one of two courses, to be or not to be. The highest level of the desirable state is, I am. No doubts of the advisability of being, no qualms about the future. The lowest level on a survival course would be, I am not. In between, we have the doubts and writhing and indecisions of the weary, the angry, the frightened. When a man has made up his mind as to a course, he is only then comfortable. So long as he hangs in a, quote, maybe, end quote, on any decision, he is uncomfortable. In any course, 
There are just two decisions possible to assume a state of beingness or to assume a state of not beingness. L. Ron Hubbard. I want you to consider for yourself what gets done in a maybe. Not much. Let's consider perhaps uh, an individual who is always stating that they are in a maybe about their spouse. And they tell you about it, you know, you're a close friend and they're always going on about it and they go on about it and they go on about it and they go on about it. And about three or four years or decades later, they're still talking about the maybe. And uh, even a good friend will get kind of fed up with that. But nothing changes. And nothing will change in a maybe. Things only change with decision. Yes or no. To be or not to be. How many maybes do you have in your life? Now, I'm asking you seriously. I mean, don't count them up right now, but take a look. And how do these influence your life in terms of action and productivity? And then ask yourself this question, what would your life be like without the maybes in it? Let's take a maybe like a career. So a person has chosen a career or a path of action, but has never fully decided, this is what I really want to do, or this is what I'm really here to do on this planet. How effective are they going to be? What if they have a little nagging doubt that maybe they ought to be doing something else? You can probably imagine how that's going to influence their uh, success with that career or that chosen career or that type of business, perhaps. You have an entrepreneur and he's looking at different options. What am I going to do? What kind of business am I going to generate? In earlier episodes, we've discussed, and business-wise, we've discussed the tremendous value and importance of aligning one's career and activities to one's basic purpose. And we probably could talk a lot more about that. But for the purpose of this episode, I just want you to consider, do I or don't I have a maybe with regards to perhaps this course of action, this career, this business, this employee, this employer, this friend, uh, this associate, this prospective customer even? How many maybes do you have and how are those maybes influencing your success or progress with whatever it is that you're doing. We have spoken often in earlier podcasts of Mr. Hubbard's discovery that all individuals, groups, or parts of groups operate in definite operating states, which he called conditions. A person new on a job is certainly in a different operating state than an old salt who has been effectively productive at that job for decades, right? And the new person would have to approach that job with the right sequence of actions, what Mr. Hubbard refers to as a condition formula, which is a sequence of actions or steps to go from one condition to the next, to the higher condition. So they would have to be familiar with this formula and execute this formula so they don't find themselves fired in the first five minutes. It would probably not be too smart, for instance, for a new person in one's first day on the job when they are frankly in a condition called non-existence to the group. And the group doesn't know who the hell this guy is. 
And so the new guy now walks around making like he knows everything already and he knows everybody already and he's better than everybody already. And yeah, that guy might not be there too long, right? Unless he learns his lesson early and does the non-existence formula. Make him, he'd be pretty unpopular, pretty fast. Whereas the seasoned pro who has been around for decades and has learned the job inside out would not have to follow these exact same steps. They would have their own formula to follow to maintain their higher condition, which is probably a condition of power. So, uh, all this to say that indecision or doubt is its own operating state or condition. And if one is stuck in a maybe, for example, as an employee or a team member, and unsure if he or she really wants to be part of that team, or should be part of that team, you can probably see that that operating state would be pretty low. Even uh, very possibly in a lower condition than just not being there. Not being there is non-existent. Or just starting brand new, you're in non-existence. But if after you've started in non-existence, you start going into a doubt about whether you should really be there, ask yourself, are you going higher in condition or lower in condition? Is your operating state getting higher or lower? So uh, doubt as a condition in terms of sequence is placed below non-existence. It's actually a couple of steps below non-existence, but we're just going to address doubt as a condition uh, in this episode because it is not uh, only used when one has to come up from a lower condition in a group. It can be used to resolve any doubt or maybe. So, well, let's get into that. So, so just to summarize, a person can drop into a condition of doubt as a teammate or fellow employee, and that is going to reflect in their production and contributions to the group, and can even precede some very destructive actions or inactions to the team on the part of that individual. But one can also simply be in doubt about a person or a project or a prospective employee or another group you're considering an alliance with, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You can be in doubt about a significant purchase, perhaps, or an investment. You can be in a maybe or doubt about a lot of things without necessarily having dropped into a lower condition with regards to that thing. You just need to make up your mind. So how do you do that? You do the formula for the condition of doubt. You do the step-by-step to resolve the doubt. So let's go over the step-by-step and use this to take the maybes out of your life. So first, we have to fully understand a term we have come back to again and again in this series, the term dynamic, which Mr. Hubbard defines as, quote, a surge of energy within us, which is seeking to promote the survival of something, an urge, a thrust, a motion towards survival. The basic command survive is known as the survival dynamic. So this is a point Mr. Hubbard made early in his writings. All uh, living things have as a common basic command survive. And that is motivating them through their existence, through their, their lifetimes. They are seeking to survive. But then he goes on to say this. If we take a look at this dynamic through a magnifying glass, We find that in this one thrust, there are eight thrusts or eight dynamics. These are motives or motivations. 
their urges for survival as or through, number one, self. You are often motivated to do things for yourself, you know, stay in shape, stay healthy, um, educate yourself, learn more. Generally motivated by the self-dynamic, not exclusively, but the self-dynamic, dynamic one. Two, sex and family. Many times you are operating for the survival of your family, sometimes even to the expense of yourself. Work yourself nearly to death for your family. Some of us will do that. Okay. Uh, dynamic three, three groups. That's the group dynamic. What makes us want to hang out with our friends? What makes us want to play on a team or join a group or join a, a company? And uh, of course, a strong motivation for the entrepreneur. He's creating groups. Four, dynamic four, all mankind. Um, as we've covered many times before, uh, this dynamic exists within all of us, somewhat uh, submerged perhaps, and not as strong as it can or should be, particularly in this uh, these current circumstances and modern day society. I think we're all watching mankind uh, on the verge of something perhaps not too positive unless we all act uh, intelligently and unite and work together to produce a better world. That's the mankind dynamic. Five, living things, plants and animals. Um, some of us highly motivated in that area. You see a lot of creativity in the area of making sure that uh, plants and animals survive. And uh, often these individuals make plants grow that look like they were near death and Animals all love them, and, you know, you've got a strong fifth dynamic. Six, the physical universe. Most of us like, uh, you know, nice things around us, and some of us are very good and creative in building uh, physical universe items, buildings, uh, roads. Sixth dynamic urge. Seven, spirits. Uh, a little bit maligned these days, which is uh, not a good thing at all because uh, there is a spiritual universe, and I think we're all aware of it. We really, really look at it. And, um, you know, there are people who are very, very spiritual, very strong on the seventh dynamic, and some who seem to be oblivious to the fact that there is a spiritual dynamic, but it does exist within all of us. And eight, infinity or the supreme being, the dynamic, the eighth dynamic. Um, it is a poor man that operates without an eighth dynamic. And... Um, if you think about some of the great people you know, they probably have a very strong urge to survive on that dynamic. Okay, so those are the dynamics, and we're going to be uh, referencing those in a second here. So now we're going to cover the condition of doubt and its formula, and this from an article from Mr. Hubbard dated 6 October 1967. So I quote, When one cannot make up one's mind as to an individual, a group, org, remember org is short for organization, when one cannot make up one's mind as to an individual, a group, org, or project, a condition of doubt exists. So you can apply this to an individual. You can also apply this towards a project or something that you're about to engage in. So that's a very simple, succinct definition of doubt. When one cannot make up one's mind as to an individual, a group, org, or project, a condition of doubt exists. Okay, so if you've got a teammate and they are wandering around in doubt about being on that team, they are obviously in a lower condition below non-existence uh, to that group. And so they would apply this, the following steps to get out of that doubt and either decide, are you in or are you out? 
right? Are you one of us or you're not one of us, right? And they can, they, they can and should sort that out with the doubt formula. And you can assign that to them as a condition. Say, hey, man, you're in doubt, so you need to do this. Or by their actions, they are demonstrating that they are in doubt. Okay, it doesn't necessarily have to be a statement. You can observe that that person is in doubt with regards to this team or this group or this family. Okay, so you can insist upon them actually doing the formula and sorting it out. It becomes an, an ethics point. Remember, ethics is rationality towards the greatest good for the greatest number of dynamics. So, hey, man, you're not doing this group any good by being here in doubt. So do the steps. Okay, but um, it can also be done by an individual who's just trying to make up their mind about something, uh, a project that they're about to engage in or a house that they're about to buy or a, uh, a customer they're about to accept. You know, I, I think sometimes members uh, neglect that they don't actually have to serve everybody. And, uh, you know, you also have the freedom of choice there. And so uh, sometimes you bring on a client or a uh a customer or a patient or something like that, and you're going, wow, man, every time this person is involved with us or connects up with us, it's a wreck. It's a train wreck. Well, do your doubt formula. Okay, so let's cover this formula. The formula, again, a quote from Mr. Hubbard, the formula is, one, inform oneself honestly of the actual intentions and activities of that group, project, or org, brushing aside all bias and rumor. Very important. Okay, you gotta you gotta be able to brush aside the, the rumor and the bias. I mean, uh, this planet is full of false information about other individuals. People chronically passing. Uh, their own opinions about people or data they state is factual that's not actually factual. Somebody is spreading a crazy rumor about me. Wait, let me see. Uh, maybe to protect themselves, throw another person under the bus to, you know, make themselves seem like they're the hero, whatever. You cannot listen to that stuff. What can you look at? Their actions. Their activities. Their actual intentions is reflected by what they are getting done. And you can use your eyeballs for that. You don't need to use your ears. So that's the first step, is to inform oneself honestly of the actual intentions and activities of that group, project, or org, brushing aside all bias and rumor. Two, examine the statistics of the individual group, project, or org. Okay. If you have been listening to the earlier episodes where we discuss statistics, they are a hard line on reality, man. You want to make sure that the stats that uh, are assigned to any activity or individual are the correct stats that they measure honest production and an approach to the ideal scene for that activity. So make sure the stat is an accurate one. It's not being falsely reported. You want to make sure that the stat is uh, adequate to cover the activities that are being statisized. And uh, you want to look at those statistics as part of your doubt formula. That's step two. I remember I had a, a member who had this horrific employee. By the way, uh, you can always be very suspicious of any employee in your group that is 
steadfastly refusing or somehow counter intention to your implementation of the Hubbard management system. It's, uh, it's not a great indicator. You know, you do your best to explain it to them, get them to understand it. Anyway, this person had been with this particular member for many, many years and was this uh, apparently super loyal, stalwart, place can't operate without her type of an employee. And uh, But she had this singular thing that she was not interested in keeping statistics. She thought that that was inappropriate. Uh, but she kept a statistic and my member, when, I, when he was chronically in trouble and not expanding like he should have, I kept asking, like, what is it about this employee that will not let you put in the organizing board and all these various aspects of Hubbard management? And uh, he said, yeah, but she's been with me forever and she's so valuable and her stats are always up. Uh, when I finally got into tell me what stats she was keeping, it turned out that her stats were actually his statistics. Um, she was claiming his statistics as her statistics. I fear you're underestimating the sneakiness, sir. So he kept a statistic. I think he was keeping a statistic of patient visits or something like that. And uh, she had nothing whatever to do with uh, creating the business for the place or driving in business. She was more like a, a human resources person. So she was more responsible for training of employees, the acquiring of competent employees and so forth, and should have had a statistic that measured more precisely her activities, such as, such as number of competent staff trained and had it or something like that, you see, or uh, operating in a higher condition. But uh, she wouldn't have anything to do with that stat, so she took his production stat and was covering her lack of effectiveness by claiming his stat as hers. So uh, moral of the story, when I pointed that out, uh, finally, he dismissed her and his stats went into a whole new level, like almost like a coiled spring being released. So, two, step two, examine the statistics of the individual, group, project, or org. Three, decide on the basis of, and this is where the dynamics come in, decide on the basis of the greatest good for the greatest number of dynamics, whether or not it should be attacked, harmed, or suppressed or helped. Okay, look, okay, we know what their activities are, we know what their intentions are, we know what their stats are. How does this activity or this person's activity or this project's activity and, or what have you, this organization's activity, how does that influence dynamic one, dynamic two, dynamic three, dynamic four? Like, take every single dynamic and look at it. How is that directly being influenced or perhaps even indirectly being influenced by this individual, this group, or this project? Okay. And then on that basis, decide, should it be attacked, harmed, suppressed, or helped? Okay. Now, step four, evaluate oneself or one's own group, project, or org as to intentions and objectives. You might be shocked to discover that your intentions and activities, or pardon me, your intentions and objectives may not be the best. You know, if, you, if this is being assigned to somebody who is now in a condition below non-existence in a group, you know, yeah, well, my intentions have been to be slack, you know, or, or not to uh, be caught out uh, as being lazy or uh, incompetent or, you know, 
what are these intentions and what are the objectives? Yeah, I'm just trying to draw a good paycheck. I'm just trying to get a raise. I'm actually trying to get so-and-so fired. Like this one, if you're applying this to yourself, man, you better be pretty objective uh, to yourself, you know, with yourself and be very, uh, have a good confront on your own uh, or your own groups or your own projects, intentions and objectives. Analyze them uh, objectively and, uh, and that's your step four. Step five, evaluate one's own or one's group, project, or org's statistics. And maybe they're not that good, you know? Oh, well, i got to confront the fact they're not that good. Or maybe they're extraordinary. Say, my statistics are great. The group I'm in doubt about, their statistics aren't that great. Like, do I really want to hook up with that group? Right? But in order to make up your mind, you have to look at their statistics, and you have to look at and that organization's statistics or that project statistics, and you have to examine your own objectively. Okay. Step six, join or remain in or befriend the one which progresses toward the greatest good for the greatest number of dynamics and announce the fact publicly to both sides. Now, there's a very important aspect of this. There's a, there, there is a tendency on the part of people doing this formula to add a word that does not belong in this sentence, and that is the word my. M-Y. Join or remain in or befriend the one which progresses toward the greatest good for the greatest number of dynamics. It doesn't say my dynamics. It says of dynamics and announce the fact publicly to both sides. This is, of course, all steps are vital, but maybe this is the one that takes the greatest courage. Like, okay, Let's look at the greatest good for the greatest number of dynamics, not just me, not just my dynamics. You know, it could even be so much of like, okay, it might be stressful for my family, but for families around the world, it would be very beneficial for me to, to do this project or to join this group, right? We, we have to weigh these things across the dynamics and not just look at our own dynamics. This aspect of looking only at one's own dynamics is what creates uh, an irresponsible culture where uh, you find the whole place going to hell in a handbasket. So it's qualified as the dynamics. A guy comes up to me and says, well, you know, my fourth dynamic is in affluence or power or whatever. I said, wow, man, which, which planet are you standing on Okay, I, I don't know, man, because I got I'm working day and night on this fourth dynamic because I see it as in danger. You see, so a guy says, well, you know, I think this will be really good for the fourth dynamic because, uh, you know, everybody needs a better donut. I don't know. Maybe they do. But but weigh everything across the dynamics, not just, you know, from your own viewpoint. And this takes quite a bit of confront and it takes quite a bit of courage. Okay. Um, but. In, in some ways, um, I really make, I would say this is personally my favorite uh, step of the doubt formula because it's takes a lot of guts, okay? Seven, step seven, do everything possible to improve the actions and statistics of the person, group, project, or org one has remained in or joined. Okay, so if the person's doing this as 
they have been in a lower condition to the group and they're, they're, they're employed in a group. They decide, okay, I want to stay in this group. Okay. They better work their guts out now to, um, to start handling this and raising the statistics of the group that they've been in doubt about if they decide to remain in it. Or if they're joining a new group or hooking up with a new project, then of course, do everything possible to improve the actions and statistics of that uh, group or that person or project. If it's a spouse and you've been in doubt about that relationship and now you've resolved, okay, you know, I'm, I'm actually sticking with it or uh, do everything you can to raise the statistics of that person and that uh, second dynamic. Okay. That's step seven, very important step. Eight, suffer on up through the conditions in the new group. If one has changed sides or the conditions of the group one has remained in, if Wavering from it has lowered one's status. Okay, so step eight is if it, your, your status is lowered or has been lowered through going through into this condition. You wouldn't necessarily have to suffer up the conditions if you decided, well, I'm not going to buy this camera. <laughs> you know, you did your doubt formula on the camera. It doesn't mean you're in a lower condition of that camera. It just means you decide you're not going to go with that camera. So it hasn't really, it hasn't lowered your status with regards to that camera or that project. You've just made up your mind. So eight would be done if you your status has been lowered and you are now have to come up the rest of the conditions. And when you do, um, there's another condition above. The next one up is called liability. And it's not the most fun condition in the world, I have to, t- I have to tell you. But so you tend to suffer on up through those conditions. But once you're through liability, you're in non-existence again, it starts getting much better. But um, yeah, so he's, Mr. Harbert says, suffer on up through the conditions of the new group. If one has changed sides or the conditions of the group one has remained in, if waving from it has lowered one's status. And that is the doubt formula. And if you do all these steps thoroughly and honestly and with a good confront, uh, you will resolve whatever maybe you might be having and you resolve one maybe after the next, you're going to find yourself in a much more positive action-oriented lifestyle or personal economics. Now, I want to caution you that there is no ninth step on this formula, which is review your answer and make sure you like it. Okay, uh, there is no ninth step. Some people add that step, and if they don't like their answer as a result of doing their doubt formula, they go back and try to jimmy all the factors to see if they can come up with the answer they want. Okay, sometimes your decision is not going to be something that makes you super happy. Uh, it's not always going to make you comfortable because it's not all about you. It's about all the dynamics collectively, all eight of them. So uh, sometimes we make we all make sacrifices on the first dynamic for the greater good of other dynamics. I'm not advising you have to do this all the time, but I'm just saying one dynamic is just one dynamic among the first dynamic is just one dynamic among amongst eight, and none of us are going to have a first dynamic if all of our decisions exclude, for instance, the fourth dynamic, the mankind dynamic. You think it's okay for you to exclude it? Maybe not the next guy, though. He's got to keep that in. No, we all have to think with the fourth dynamic in all of our decisions, especially now when you've got a fourth dynamic that is in trouble. So there is no ninth step. Make sure you like your answer. Uh, You may or may not like your answer. But one thing I will tell you about that answer, it will feel very honorable to you. It will feel right to you you, uh, if you if you have your integrity in. You will gladly and uh, effectively work in the direction of the decision if you've done this 
formula correctly. If you try and kid yourself about it, you ain't really out of the Navy and it will influence your productivity and your effectiveness uh, in that project or with that person or with that group. Do the formula honestly. All the formulas have to be done honestly, but this one, uh, you know, you, you're making up some your mind about some, some things and you better be thorough on this formula and you better be honest on this formula and you better have your confront in on doing this formula and it will resolve your doubt or your maybe and you will be happily far more productive uh, and effective as a result. Okay, this has been a bit longer than uh, than most, but it's a pretty darn important uh, episode, I would say, this one. It's a, an important thing to clean up for yourself, any doubts that you have. And I think uh, if you apply this in uh, the coming days and weeks, you will see definite improvements in your life and in your business or, or enterprise or career. If you have any questions uh, for us, write us at info at wiseeastus.org. Uh, if you have wins, oh my goodness, we are so happy to see the successes and wins coming from the listeners. So please don't hesitate to write us. It really does keep us very motivated when you send us in your successes as well as your questions. <laughs> write us at info at wiseeastus.org. We love hearing from the listeners. And... Um, We'll be talking again uh, in a couple of days. Do well.